This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. Welcome to Islamic View. I'm your host, Basim Hassan, and I greet you from Universal Greeting of Peace. Assalamu alaikum. I would like to welcome my guest, Khaled Yassin. Assalamu alaikum. Welcome to the show again. I appreciate you coming back. Thank you very much. On this program, we would like to discuss community responsibility with the Muslim community as well as the non-Muslim community. What would you say, in general, is our responsibility? Well, I, I think um, probably in keeping with the, uh, the, the, the topic itself or the, the, the non-Muslim community and the, uh, the Muslim community, you know, the world today is um, a global community. Right. So it doesn't matter whether we're talking about our local community in the inner city or a community uh, in a particular region or state or whether we're talking about our national concerns. Um, people who live in a community, they have uh, uh, common responsibility and if the individuals who live in the communities whether they're residents or they're citizens of a country mm-hmm. if they don't have uh, a consciousness or a concern about their community then it's going to lead to community irresponsibility um, sometimes we think that the people who are criminals people who sell drugs or people who um, who are derelicts or people who are dysfunctional, sometimes we think of them as being uh, irresponsible. But I would say they're not the only ones that are dysfunctional or irresponsible. Anyone who is a resident, uh, who's a citizen, mm-hmm. who is a part of the community and is not concerned about the issues and the problems of the community and the people of the community, then they're dysfunctional citizens or they're dysfunctional people in the community. So you're saying like the average family who feel like their responsibility is to provide for their family, take care of their family, and that's enough. So you're saying they're not being responsible enough. No, that's not. Uh, um, uh, we, can't, we can't live as an isolated uh, family. Um, if I live in this building and there are 30 or 40 other people that live in this building, I can't think that just because I pay my rent, because I take care of myself and my family and I mind my business, that I'm fulfilling my responsibilities to the people in this building. Mm. No. Um, you know, people in a building is just like people in a boat. If everybody is in the boat, say they're just concerned about their own compartment. Right. Or suppose some people in the boat want to drill a hole in the bottom of the boat. There's some people in the top part of the boat, and some people in the bottom part of the boat. Okay. So, uh, the Prophet Muhammad... So, so you see, we all in this boat together. We're in the boat together. What we call the boat America, the boat the world, what we call the boat the state, what we call the boat the city, or the boat the, the area where I live in, the boat the community, neighborhood. We're in this boat together, and we have to be concerned. The people who, who leave, who go out of their houses and come back, and they eat, and they sleep, and they're only concerned about themselves and their family, they're selfish. They're greedy. But then you're talking about a lot of people. Well, but when, that's why the community is becoming eroded. And that's why we leave the community for the worst of the people. 
uh, when the best of the people close their doors and they don't work together, they don't talk together, then the worst of the people, they take over the community. You see, people are only concerned about the community when it affects them. Right. See, if somebody comes in my area and breaks in my house, you see, if somebody rapes my daughter, you see, if something happens in my neighborhood, then all of a sudden the people, they want to react. But what have they done to True. prevent? What have they done to contribute? What kind of activity did they do? Not, not reaction, but proaction. What did they do? Well, they would be shocked, like, I didn't think this was happening in this neighborhood. You see it. I didn't know my neighbor was like that. That's right. This is it. Because they didn't even know their neighbor. So, you know, community responsibility, um, um, just a, it is preventing the wrong. It is commanding what is right and preventing the wrong. This is a simple terminology. In Arabic, it is amr bil-ma'ruf wa nahi munkar That is, enjoying what is right, that means promoting the good things. Right. You know, and forbidding what is wrong, creating services for people to have a better quality of life. At the same token, looking around the community and seeing that which may harm people or things that might be a harm to the community and then coming together and preventing that. Now this is, this is calls for community consciousness. And unfortunately, we say that a person who is brain dead, we say that they're dysfunctional. They're like a vegetable, because they're brain dead. They're living, their heart is pumping, mm -hmm. they're being force-fed, uh, but somebody has to take care of them, because they're brain dead. Or people who are not c conscious in the community, they're just like the same thing, but they're just socially dead. They're eating, they're sleeping, they're taking care of themselves, they're coming in and out, but regarding the community itself, they think that if it's crime, the police will take care of that. You see, um, the, the parks and the neighborhoods and the streets, whatever, oh, the sanitation will take care of that. Oh, I, I pay my taxes, mm -hmm. you know, so this and that. And so they're only concerned about themselves. And when you find a community that everyone is concerned about themselves, this is a community which is under erosion. And the only thing you're going to find is inside people's houses, mm -hmm. a, a nice little rug, little dinette set, you know, little pictures on the walls, mm -hmm. things that make their house look nice. But when you go outside of the community, nobody sweeps the streets of the community. Nobody gets together and does block sweeps. We used to do that when we were children. I remember when we were young. When we were young. Community That's because they feel that everyone else would take care of that. And then we're in a society now where everyone spent a lot of time at work. And some will feel like, well, I'm working, I'm trying to take care of my family, I'm too tired, I don't have time for this. They have uh, churches and mosques and synagogues that will do that. They have, you know, the park districts, they have this group, that group that will do that. So they feel like they don't have to participate to do anything because yes. someone else is doing yes. it. So how do you yes. spout their interest to know that they should participate as well? Well, I think, I, think, that? I think that um, uh, persons like yourself and myself and small people, who uh, are able to think outside the box, that is, think outside of themselves, and to give a little bit of themselves to the community, they have to form small community action groups. So in an area like where we're living at, mm -hmm. if only five neighbors came together and thought about the community, what are the assets of the community? 
What are the resources of the community? What are the problems of the community? Mm -hmm. What kind of agencies are here inside the community? Um, are there any other groups, small groups or citizens or neighbors who are thinking like we're thinking? Then you form a think tank. You know, on a Saturday or Sunday afternoon, five people get together over someone's house or in a church or in a mosque or a community center and they have an agenda to discuss the community issues. Who's who in the community? Mm -hmm. If there's a problem, where do we go? What are the most principal numbers that everybody in the community needs to have? Because, you know, when there's a problem, the first thing we look for is who should we call? Right. Well, if there were a group of people that said, listen, we are a community resource committee, let's call it that. And what we have done is we have put together a nice little brochure to say to all the neighbors and the people in the community, if you have a problem, this is who you call. So it said, oh, that's nice. But who did that? A group of people who met last Sunday, or whatever it is, right. to put those numbers together. That took an afternoon of their time. They gave something from themselves, and as a result of that, they gave that resource to the people in the neighborhood. Okay, so the next month they said, well, the Community Resource Community Committee is suggesting that um, all the neighbors, uh, you know, we've, we've sectioned off this part of the city into, let's say, 10 sectors. And those sectors might be four by five blocks each. Mm -hmm. And so we said that sector by sector, we're going to clean the empty lots. We're going to sweep the streets uh, once a month. And so the people say, well, how are we going to do that? Well, every sector has a captain. And that captain solicits 5, 10, 15, 20 people in his or her area. To do what? We call the sanitation department, we call the police department to block off the streets for us. You know, we call the sanitation department to bring us brooms and shovels and black bags, um, plastic bags. And we call the people out of their homes and early in the morning and we have coffee and we have tea and we have whatever. And we, you know, we even bring the children out and set up a little small little basketball court for them. So the the, 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 the object is to start early in the morning, 10 o'clock, and by 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, we've cleaned a lot, we've swept some streets, you know, we've, we've had people to sign in, and so we know people, we're building a little database of concern, and in the afternoon, we have some coffee or tea or cookout or whatever it is, and every kids and blah, blah, it costs nothing. Right, a time, that's it. So you do this sector by sector, and what happens within a period of time, the people of that area develop a concern for their community. Mm, okay. Because once the community is clean, you've cleaned up some lots, you came together, you've collected some names, now you say you want to have that whole area, all those sectors together want to meet. And we want to talk to the uh, police captain, the fire chief, you know, chief of the fire department, the councilman, councilman there, and now we want to talk about our community. We've already done something. Okay. See, we've done something already. Now we want to talk to our councilman. He has to come because, you know, otherwise next year he won't be there. Mm -hmm. We want to talk to the fire department, the chief, uh, police, and see what they have collected over the time, problems and issues. We want to set up a police, you know, community watch. 
So, you know, there are people in our community who are elderly, who don't leave the house much. They sit in the windows all day, mm -hmm. and they'll watch anyway. Mm -hmm. So give them a phone. Which is true. <laughs> <laughs> Just give them a phone. So these are things that we can do to enhance our community that doesn't cost much. Now, that's the general community. When we start developing community consciousness, you'll find that when people, when people clean their front yards and their backyards and the empty lots and they sweep their streets and they greet each other and they know each other, a consciousness builds in that community where people just can't ride through that community playing loud music and throwing bottles and cans out and nobody's going to sell drugs up and down that street because the people have come together with a consciousness. Okay. So it didn't cost money, it just cost a little effort. Now, uh, this is called community action, not reaction. People who are active, usually they pr create uh, what is called a, um, a preventive shield. Mm -hmm. You see, so normally when thieves, derelicts, criminals, when they want to go into an area to prey on the people, they're going to go to areas where they already find that the people are inactive. Nobody's going to try to rob, um, you know, a vigorous, healthy sure. person in the light. No, they're going to go in the dark and they're going to look for somebody who they think is vulnerable. So people look for vulnerable areas to sell drugs, vulnerable areas to create problems and to disturbances uh, and to live and to germinate. They don't come to active, conscious, vigilant communities to do that. No, they won't do that because the people in the community won't permit that. And so this is how um, we develop what I consider to be community consciousness and that leads to community responsibility. The opposite is um, community um, stagnation and community irresponsibility. It's, so you can't have one, uh, I mean you, 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 can't, um, you, you can't have both. It's going to be one or the other. Okay. And unfortunately when we start becoming selfish uh, and personal and individualistic and insensitive, it leads to community stagnation, it leads to community irresponsibility, and eventually everything that's outside in the street and in the community, no matter how nice your little place is, that is soon it will become inside. And this is why, from our own self-interest, we need to become involved. Now, uh, probably Sister uh, Basima, we probably need to transcend over into the area of the Muslim community. And how Muslims can contribute towards this whole idea of community responsibility. Because, look, um, and I don't just say Muslims, I say Muslims because we're Muslims. But it could be Christians, it could be Hindus, it could be Buddhists, it could be anyone who's religious. How faith-based individuals can contribute towards community dynamism, um, sparking a concern within the community to do what we're talking about. Why? Because if people have faith as their base, right. they have a motive. They have a love for God. They have a love for people. They have a love for the community. They have an obligation to enjoy what is right, 
to forbid what is wrong because faith is not just personal to have faith you have to want to share it with others um, to have faith you want to preserve it to have faith you have to be vigilant and disciplined so imagine every little faith group with their own little church on the corner or mosque or whatever just leaving from their houses that are, they, they feel are secure mm -hmm. going to their little masjids and churches or whatever that they think are secure and in between they're passing through the community so if their faith and their their Allahu Akbar's or their hallelujahs or whatever they say inside their church if their prayers or their uh, reading Quran or reading the Bible mm -hmm. if all of that that happens inside their church and whatever they do inside their, their, their houses if it doesn't benefit and bear fruit in the community, what good is it? That's a good point. It's just point. selfish. It's just, again, the same selfishness that people have inside their houses is the same selfishness that they have inside their churches. As long as they feel that they got a personal relationship with God, mm -hmm. a personal religion or whatever. They feel that's enough. They feel that's enough. So then how do you awaken their mind to be able to understand this? Well, I say people have to come out of the church and look around the church. The church is inside of a community. People have to come outside the mosque and they have to see that the mosque is in a community. The people have to come outside the synagogues or places of worship, wherever it is, and see that it's inside of a community. Mm -hmm. And if you're not concerned about community, I would go as far as to say that it's very doubtful that whatever God that you're worshiping has any real concern for you or will answer your prayers if you don't have concern for your fellow man and your community, why would one think that God should answer their selfish prayers? Mm. Wow. Now, maybe people worshiping a selfish God, and therefore that God thinks like they think. I don't know, but I don't think that the God of humanity, no. I don't think that the, 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 the common creator of all of us, no. whom we are worshiping through different religions, right. I don't think that that God responds to selfish, niggardly, stingy, insensitive individuals just because they go to a beautiful church or mosque. No, I don't think so. So I think that faith-based communities, mosques, temples, synagogues, churches, each of them need to have a community action group. And if we can't agree about religious doctrine, then we can agree about community action. Mm -hmm. We don't need to have we don't need to have religious dialogue. We need to go beyond dialogue because that's just mm -hmm. we just respecting each other's religion. No, we need to go into um, uh, not religious dialogue but religious interfaith action. I think we spend too much time with dialogues and seminars and meetings and. And things like that. We're not putting a lot of things in action. Yeah, let, let, and I think there is a few things that are being done in community, but not on a large scale. I think it's really, really small. Yeah, and I think that the Christians and the Muslims and the Hindus and the Buddhists and the atheists and the communists and the meists and the deists. <laughs> I think that all of us need to roll up our sleeves on a Saturday morning. You know, before church or after church or before the mosque and after whatever it is, and come together as people of the community with our faith. You know, not our doctrine, but our faith. And say, these are the problems of the community, and we want to 
take action to address them. These are the resources of our community, and we want to take uh, we want to take the initiative to use these resources to enhance our community. Now, then, when we do that, we can practice our doctrines in our separate places if we want to do that. Okay. But the community can see the faith that comes as a result of the doctrines that we have. That's the only way I can see the evidence of what people do inside churches. Otherwise, I don't know. I mean, if, if there's no money in the bank, why would people be going in and, inside, in and out of the bank? Exactly. You know, people go to the bank because there's money to take out and money to put in. Mm -hmm. So people go to churches for what? Just to pray? I think that the God of the human beings doesn't need people to pray inside churches or mosques. We could stay, we could, we could reach God and pray to God wherever we are. But I think that those places are there because it's supposed to harness us, give us a place where we can think and talk. Bring us together. And like the criminals plot and plan for evil, we should use our churches and our mosques to plot and plan for the, for, for the good. Huh? Um, we need to come together as a faith-based group of people in the community to address the issue of our children, our youth, who, if we say that our children are going the wrong direction and that they're um, they're engaged in a lot of activities that's going to destroy the community and themselves. It's because they're unsupervised. Because there are no facilities. Because they're on the corners. There's no role models. And there's no role models. So the churches need to clean up their basements. Or they need to create some small, you know, move their chairs or their pews out the way. And on Sunday morning or Sunday night or whatever it is, pray. Use that whole area for praying. But then take those pews and take those chairs and move them out of the way and bring some table tennis, some pool tables, some things that young people like to do because young people don't like to do a whole lot of praying. And the mosques, you know, they need to, you know, the, the prayer inside the mosques, they only take Five, I mean, five times a day, they only take 10 or 15 minutes. So what the mosque need to do is, in between the prayers, those couple of hours in between the prayers, they need to designate time for young people to come in and do what they like to do, not what their mothers and fathers like to do. Because young Muslims or young Christians or young whoever, ask them. They don't want to be coming inside no mosque or no church just to be praying. Or be preached to. Or to be preached to. No. They don't mind us suggesting to them or guiding us them to something. Mm -hmm. But they want to know, is there is this some way I can earn money? Are there any jobs available? Mm -hmm. Is there some skills that I can learn? Uh, are there some activities? You know, can we have a camp? Um, you know, can we go on some trips? Can we go to the museum? Um, is there something that we can do um, to socialize with other young people that is in a healthy environment? Mm -hmm. that they don't, they don't, some of them, they don't know how to say that. But we, when we become adults and sophisticated, we forget how we felt when we were 13, 15, 17, uh, well, that's the same way our children and these children feel inside the community. Mm -hmm. 
So, <coughs> Sister Vasima, um, I'm saying that that uh, community responsibility, um, um, I, f I feel the community responsibility lies upon the shoulders of the mothers and fathers, the individuals of the community. It lies upon the shoulders of the community leaders, whether they are um, uh, leaders in the political or the social realm or the religious realm. Because commanding the right means providing uh, the community with the maximum amount of justice, decency, uh, arbitration for their issues, um, charity for people who need it, um, law and order, um, you know, meaning that um, creating auxiliary um, relationships with the police department and the fire department, um, giving the support that the schools need through parent-teacher, um, uh, parent-teacher and people in the community uh, um, uh, um, initiatives, uh, social welfare, and then preventing the wrong that we see. I mean, people talk about corruption and crime and oppression um, and poverty and racism and fraud and child abuse and other things. Mm -hmm. Whose fault is that? We say the criminals. I say no. It, it is the criminals' fault, but it's the people who, in the community, who do not they don't police their community. They don't supervise their community. They don't supervise their children. They don't create an environment that creates um, a, a preventive atmosphere for crime. So then it becomes our fault indirectly. We need to, as community um, uh, individuals and citizens and family members and religious people, provide community services. Not always asking somebody else to do it, but we provide the services defend our community. Um, think about where are our graveyards? I mean, who do the graveyards belong to? And, and more specifically, I'm talking about people of particular religious backgrounds mm -hmm. uh, who themselves, they don't think about where they're going to bury their dead. We Muslims, we don't think about where we're going to bury our, de our dead, our deceased, until they die. Because most people don't want to think about the death or well, cemeteries. Yeah. Or so that's just like continuing to put dirt under the rug until there's just a big pile under the rug. And then you, you then when you, you step on that pile and break your ankle, then you say, oh, there was that stuff I was piling under the rug. See? So this is why community proaction, not reaction, mm -hmm. is what we're talking about here. You know, um, Visiting people in the hospitals, building, setting up clinics, because sometimes people don't need to go to the hospital. If we had clinics inside our community, you know, visitation clinics, maybe they're only open in a community once a week, where volunteer doctors and um, um, medical personnel come there and they just receive people for free and check their blood pressure and do things and they do that so we could do that that's, that doesn't cost much it don't. And we huh? actually we do have that see and that sometimes prevents people from having to go to the hospital um, looking at our highways and our schools you know in some cities they have this adopt a highway thing mm -hmm. where every exit of the highways is some people adopt it and they clean it and they rake it and 
put up some nice little things and make it more decorative and more appealing or whatever the case might be. Well, we can adopt the neighborhood, clean up the <laughs> clean up the lots and whatever. Um, I think so, that's a good title. I like that one, Adopt the Neighborhood. Yes. So um, here we're talking about community responsibility and we're talking about the general community, of course. Um, but as Muslims, as, uh, as we are, uh, I think that the Muslims who hear this, you need to ask yourself, when's the last time you came outside of your mosque and you looked up and down the street or the neighborhood around your mosque and you felt a real concern about that neighborhood and the people of that neighborhood? And then you took that concern back into the mosque and sat down with others and said, listen, we live here, we pray here, uh, and if we do not live where we pray, we need to ask ourselves why. Mm -hmm. What are we doing having a mosque mm -hmm. in a neighborhood that we don't live in? And in many cases, Muslims have masjids in neighborhoods that they, don't even that they don't even live in. Therefore, they don't have a care for that neighborhood. They just bought the building because it was available, mm -hmm. but they don't do anything for the people in that neighborhood yep. outside of that mosque. And that's a tragedy, and that's unfortunate. Now, whether the people carry that baggage with them from where they came from, or whether that just their mentality um, um, that, they, that they have grown up with, I say that's a tragedy, and we need to address that. And a lot of the immigrant Muslims who have been fortunate enough to come from war-torn countries, uh, or countries gripped in... Um, social and political complications and they have come here to America and been welcomed either through asylum or immigration or whatever need to ask themselves how grateful they are and they need to ask themselves um, a question what right do they have to come into a neighborhood to buy a church and turn it into a mosque or to buy a school and turn it into an Islamic school uh, or Whatever. What right do they have to do that and, and just serve their own ethnic group and not to give a concern and not to, have be, not to, even, not to even make any gestures mm -hmm. towards the community mm -hmm. that is around them and has welcomed them? You know, well, I don't think... Other groups. Yeah, I don't think that that is a sign of gratitude. Uh, it's not a sign of gratitude for the country that received them. It's not a sign of gratitude for the neighborhood where they have launched or set up their mosque. Uh, and it's not a sign of gratitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala whom we worship. Mm -hmm. Because the Prophet said to us that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not bless the people who are not grateful to others who have given to them. Anyone that Allah... I mean, if a, if, a, if a Hindu or a Buddhist or even if your enemy gives you something, they might be your enemy, they might not like you, and you may not, not like them. But if the way by which you were able to attain something came through them, mm -hmm. you have to show your gratitude. That's the way Islamic uh, uh, etiquette and behavior works. So um, uh, I am, as a Muslim, um, uh, more principally... Um, directing my advice um, today towards the Muslims of this city uh, and of this state that we should become community conscious 
and we need to think outside of our ethnic and cultural communities. And we need to walk outside the mosque. Mm -hmm. In some cases, the mosque itself um, is one of the places that needs the most cleaning. We need to walk outside the mosque and the parking lot and the area around the mosque and pick up papers, mm -hmm. sweep. We should have a block sweep wherever there's a mosque once a month where the, the Muslims themselves call the sanitation department and they get the brooms and the shovels and the plastic bags and the dumpsters and, then, and then they go and say to the neighbors, will you join us to clean the neighborhood? Um, and the neighbors probably will. And after we finish, we have a picnic or we have some whatever. And then, and then we have dialogue also. Then we have the way by which to say to them that it is our faith yes. that motivated us to do this. And now we would like to also this evening have an open house so that our neighbors can see what we do in the mosque. Mm -hmm. They probably will come since we initiated something right. that, that they say is not cultural, a concern outside of the mosque. Mm -hmm. Because if I'm a person who lives in a neighborhood um, and the mosque is down the street and I'm a non-Muslim and I see them come and go and come and go and come and go and on Friday I see them come with a lot of cars parking and everybody's you know driving space, you know, space and all of that but they never they never do anything in the community they might open up a store and they you know we go to their stores and we buy from them but they don't do anything in the community we don't see them in the PTA in the school we don't see them down at City Hall in the community meetings you know, but every now and then they put something in our mailbox saying about their religion. I would say, how dare them? I mean, how dare them to invite me to come to their mosque or their religion, mm -hmm. and they don't come to our schools, they don't come to the city hall, they don't involve themselves, and, and, sometimes, and sometimes the mosque... Is not the very best place, looking place in the block. So they didn't add to the aesthetics even of the community. In many cases, you know, it's a building. They got rugs inside, and it's all right. But on the outside, they don't mow the lawn. They don't cut the grass. I mean, they don't mow the lawn. They don't. Uh, what do you call that? Cutting the bushes. Or what do you call that? They don't do any landscaping. You know, this. So. I'm asking the Muslims, try to think outside the box. That means outside of yourself and outside of your mosque. Think what your neighbors think about you. See yourself as your neighbors see you. Mm. Because Dawah begins with behavior. Yes. It begins with interaction. It begins with real dialogue and concern. The Prophet, peace and blessing be upon him, he used to go to visit the people and uh, he used to visit the sick. Not the Muslim sick but the people who were ill. The Prophet used to feed the people who were poor, not the Muslim poor, but anyone who needed something, who were hungry. The Prophet, peace and blessing upon him, used to visit the elderly, not to visit the, the Muslim elderly, but whoever was elderly and they were maybe confined or they, um, uh, they, were, uh, they were not able to move around, they were immobile or whatever. Uh, the Prophet, peace and blessing upon him, used to uh, go and visit the, the, the people who um, were... Um, uh, 
maybe the, the, the widows and the, 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 who had uh, um, uh, uh, orphans. And the Prophet, made a, peace and blessings upon him, made a point to visit the people who were the disadvantaged, the disenfranchised people. That was his tradition. And not just the people of the same faith, yeah. because so, that's what everyone yeah, So his tradition is not to pray, just not to pray. His tradition is not just about fasting. The tradition is this just not about, no, no, the tradition of the Prophet Sallallahu is that he was a social worker. So we want to follow a lot of traditions, doctrines about the Prophet, peace and blessing upon him in the Quran, but we're not social workers. We're just people who are concerned about their own families who have come from a certain place, and their own ethnic groups who have come from a certain place, and just Islam happens to be a part of that ethnic culture. And, that's, and then we're inviting people to Islam through that culture. I say that's wrong. When Muslims start to become concerned about the community, active in the community, conscious about the community, the community will, will, will read that. They will respond to that. Then we open up real and genuine ways by which people can examine what are the benefits of being Muslim. And if they don't want to be Muslim, mm -hmm. what's the benefit of living in a Muslim community? Um, and what do the Muslims have to offer besides doctrine? That's what people want to say, but they don't say. And uh, I think that people who become Muslims, like ourselves, mm -hmm. we have a, an advantage because we know what it is to be a non-Muslim. So we can, we can say to our Muslim brothers and sisters, this is how non-Muslims think. Mm -hmm. We're telling you that because we're Muslims now, but we used to be non-Muslims and we can see. And so, Maybe this is a wake-up call, and um, we're not just talking to our immigrant brothers and sisters, because, you know, the brothers and sisters who have become Muslims, who consider themselves to be revert Muslims, convert Muslims, I ask the question to them sometimes, what happened to your political involvement? You know, when brothers and sisters were non-Muslims, they were politically active. Mm -hmm. They were concerned in the community. Then they became Muslims. Some of us. Now all of a sudden, we're no longer involved in the community. Maybe we became Muslims and we became spiritually active, mm -hmm. but then we became spiritually active, then we became socially and politically inactive. So that's being imbalanced. Maybe we need to revisit our roots. Because if Islam gave something to me mm -hmm. as an individual, Shouldn't I be obligated to share that with my family members? Yes. My extended family members? Mm -hmm. The people of my community that I came out of? Mm -hmm. I should. Mm -hmm. So I say to the revert brothers and sisters, don't fall into the same trap of thinking that you have become a Muslim and you, now you are saved and you are some special group now and you know that you know, you're different from that community that you came out of. No, you are distinct. You are favored. God blessed you. But that's like a person who has been blessed with God with money or with health. And somehow or another they think that it's theirs. Well, God will show them that it's not theirs. He gave it to them as a test. And God Almighty gave to us, Allah gave to us Islam as a test. But our family, our extended family, and our communities that we came out of when we were children, that we grew in, that we live in, mm -hmm. we need to bring the benefit of Islam back to those people. 
uh, and I, here I'm talking to the revert brothers and sisters, so that we don't become isolationists, that we don't fall into the trap of our own Islamic Negro culture, because many of the revert Muslims become Islamic, Hispanic, Islamic, African American, Islamic, European, whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, so we fall into the same trap that our consciousness, we're Muslims, but it still doesn't evolve beyond that ethnic or cultural, whatever, how we came. So the beauty of Islam is that culture is okay, but it should always be subordinate to our Islamic consciousness. And our Islamic consciousness should be profound enough so that we are community conscious. The individuals in the community, the families in the community, um, the neighborhoods, um, uh, the local communities, the state, the regions, and eventually, if we have this kind of consciousness, it will affect the country. And Allah knows the best. I, I, I hope that um, we made some good contribution today in our discussion for non-Muslims and, uh, and the Muslims who live in the greater community. I think you hit on a lot of issues that need to be addressed. And for those who watch this program, I hope that it will uh, awaken their minds and, and get them out in the community and see what they can do and stop sitting at home and complaining about what's going on in the community from watching the news and actually get with some people. There are resources out there. I think people don't have the initiative to go and participate with those groups. They just let the groups do everything themselves. But inshallah, uh, I hope um, we can make a change. And I thank you for coming on to the show. And inshallah, I would like to invite you back again. Yeah, inshallah, we will certainly will do that every chance we get. And it will probably be uh, apropos for us to just leave for the Muslims uh, um, the verse of the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Awadhu billahi min al-shaitan al-jeen, Kuntum khayra ummatin ukhrijat lil-nas ta'maruna bil-ma'roof wa tanhauna al-munkar wa tu'minun billah. That is, Kuntum khayra ummatin ukhrijat lil-nas ta'maruna bil-ma'roof wa tanhauna al-munkar wa tu'minun billah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says, You are Muslims. The best of people evolve for mankind because you uh, enjoy what is right and you forbid what is wrong and because you have a covenant of belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, thank you very much, Sister Inshallah, for your program and for your audience. Okay, and thank you for coming to the show. And thank you for watching Islamic View. Assalamu alaikum.